on today's episode of Gathering the Kings. $500,000 a year and you're comfortable, God bless you. But if that's not where you want to be and you want to get to the next level and you're asking yourself, how do I get there? That's where it starts. You are listening to Gathering the Kings with Chaz Wolf, featuring fellow seven, eight, and even nine figure business owners who have real battle scars from business and life, but have prevailed as the king that they are designed to be. We welcome high-performing entrepreneurs to the stage in order to reveal the real of the real on what it takes to build a successful business today. We dissect the good and bad decisions they've made along the way that give a true and accurate picture of the journey of success and how you too can get there. Through this dialogue, you will learn the value of growing your network and surrounding yourself with power players and kings like today's guest. Grab your pen and notebook because we're about to dive in. What's up, everybody? Chaz Wolf. I'm your host, Gathering the Kings podcast. Today, I've got Bob Muller here on the King stage. My brother, how are you? Man, I'm doing great. Hey, Labor Day, honor honoring all those hard workers out there, hopefully taking today off. I'm about honoring those hardworking guys out there today that help build our businesses. And right. It's about the American dream, and today's all about that. Hopefully, everybody's having a beautiful day out there. I, I appreciate that. We were just talking off air briefly. My eight and six-year-old daughters, I was tucking them in last night and they were asking me if I had to work because they don't have school today. And I said, why wouldn't I? And they were like, it's Labor Day. I said, well, do you know what labor means? <laughs> and so, of course, I'm building into them. It's not necessarily just about always working. This afternoon, we're going to take some time and do some family stuff together. But the reality of it is that, like you said, as business owners, it never really stops especially if we've got big dreams. So that's what I'm trying to build in my family. I would love to know, Bob, what kind of business do you have? And let's get rolling here. My business specifically is a pl uh, plumbing contract business. So I've been a service plumber for about the last 25, 30 years, just realistically just building business organically over the course of the last 25, 30 years and just trying to get this thing figured out. And yeah. it's, Truthfully, it's an ongoing process every single day. We battle every day with our ability to not only distinguish between the service that we're trying to provide, but how to run a business. So that's yeah. that's the dynamic that I've been through probably for about the last five, six years of my journey in this. And hopefully with that being said, just being a business that doesn't matter what vehicle you're in, whether it's a plumbing business or whether it's an HVAC business or whether you're just a dentist out there, your business it's just your vehicle that you're driving and it happens to be plumbing. Yeah, I love that perspective. And so first off, you come with decades of experience. So I'm super jazzed to hear your story and get to pick your brain a little bit. But to your point just that you just said, I love that about Gathering the Kings. Not only our podcast, but also our mastermind is specifically designed around just what you just said. It doesn't yep. matter if you're a dentist, if you're a plumbing guy, if you're a marketing guy, if you're a tech guy, if you're a transportation guy, it doesn't really matter, or gal. Yeah. The reality of it is that we are in business, and if you can understand the principles, good decision-making, all of the things that we're going to talk about here today, then you can run any business. Yep, absolutely. And, uh, you can be successful wherever you want to be. I want to know, before we dive into your story, Bob, you've been doing this for a long time. Yep. Here you are on Labor Day. Right. Why are you still pushing? What's the bigger picture for you? What's got you driving at this moment? Man, for me, innate in me, right? So it's like when I was born to be driven as, a, as an entrepreneur, I knew it from a young age that was going to be my life's goal was to build things, was to be creative. I've always had that creative side and I just didn't know how that was going to eventually end up and what avenue that took. I was one of those 
confused kids just like everybody else going through the 80s era of high school. I was not your high performer. Coming out of that kind of told me that, son, you're going to be putting on the uniform and that put me into the army. And that skill set brought, brought me into the leadership roles that I knew that I was always meant to be in. So I was uh, a leader within my company in the army and I just knew that I just love leading people. And so as soon as I got out of the army, I knew that business was going to be my avenue and I just didn't know which one it was going to be. Coming out of the army, it was started out as a, in, into the bodybuilding world. So I wanted to open up a gym and that was my first experience, man. And being just young and dumb and just ready to go. But I went all in on, on opening up in a gym and found out pretty quickly that that was probably going to be a tough. But, but yeah, no, it led me into becoming an entrepreneur into the contracting side of it. I took on a, a, an apprenticeship in a plumbing company and learned a little bit about plumbing. And of course, once you learn a little bit about it, you think you got it all figured out. You can do it way better than that guy that you're working for. Of course, that's, that led to my journey to, to opening up my first plumbing company and just trying to get it figured out from there. When you are a contractor or into the world, and I'll specifically speak to the aspiring contractors out there, maybe, you know, some of the guys that are at a level out in the contracting business right now. Most of us get our start because we're probably your blue collar guy that just went and got a, a job, decided that you wanted to open up your own company, whatever that, that service business is. And for you, it could be HVAC, it could be electrician, it could be any of those things. For me specifically, it's plumbing. And we learn a little bit about plumbing and then we take it on and we take on the, the world of business. And they're two separate entities. And you don't know what you don't know about business, but you take it on and then you have to really start the grind of having a, the, the two different worlds of understanding the service that you're trying to provide and the business you're trying to run. Yeah. And for, we just have it backwards. We don't go to school to learn business. We go to an apprenticeship to learn plumbing. But we teach, they don't teach you business. And so realistically, unless you start to really dive into to the first aspect of business, which is knowledge, you're going to have a long road ahead. And that's where I'm at. That's why I've been at this for so long is that I've been seeking knowledge for a long time to get this thing figured out. And yeah. that's finally there. And I'm happy to just try to share a little bit about what I know. That's an incredible journey. I want to know, first off, thank you for your service. We thank absolutely you. appreciate that. You've used this language around like not knowing business. There's obviously a distinction between the widget or the service and then right. running a business. And I think to your point, a lot of contractors, right. they have the skill set of the widget, right? And so then they get started in a plumbing business or a like type of trade. And then they realize, oh, oh, geez, there's a whole business here that I have to run. But that same thing happens in someone who gets good at running digital ads and they think, well, I'll just go do this on my own, go get a couple of clients. And they realize right. that it's not just servicing those couple of clients with the ads, they have to also run a business. Or someone says, I've been, I'm going to buy real estate. And so I'm now I'm going to, I'm going to do a wholesale or I'm going to fix and flip, or that's the actual thing. That's the tangible widget, yep. but there's a whole business behind it in which the business piece, knowledge, strategy, ideas, relationships, accountability, like all of those things obviously are needed and, but are so far from how to install a toilet or a shower or how to fix a, a drain clog. So right. <clears throat> how do you think, and I want to get into some of your, your like, how you got into business, but since we're on this topic here real quick, how did you, or maybe it was like a multiple step, how did you come to realize without it just like smacking you in the face? Cause I'm sure it did at some point to realize that there was this business thing. And then it was like this acknowledgement. I'm sure it was like a moment where you're like, okay, 
I'm I'm a plumber. I'm a good plumber, but I got to figure this other thing out too. When was that? Tell us about it. Honestly, Chaz, my journey was a long one because people have to really take accountability to the first portion of it is the mindset of actually owning and operating a business. Because if you don't have the right people in your life at the time of when you're starting your business, it can be a long journey. So just understanding that like, for me, my ex-wife was a daughter of a plumber, which actually was my inspiration to become a plumber at the time. And, and she had a lot of baggage that came with me actually trying to open up and run my own plumbing company because she saw the struggles her dad had. So it was a different, it was a difficult dynamic for me to try to grow and understand that the side of business, because I always had somebody in my ear telling me that but you're probably not going to be successful at this. It can be a long journey. So you got to have the right people around you. You got to have, you got to know that, that your partnership with business and your partnership with your family, they go hand in hand. You got to have, you got to have people around you that, that really believe in you, that, that are encouraging you. So for me, I had a 20 year struggle to start with because of just the people I had in my life. Honestly, it's been a long journey. And so for me, once I was able to really just take accountability to what I am as a human being and how I wanted to take on business, I went all in and I invested in my, in understanding business. And I didn't care a thing about another plumbing book after I, if I didn't have plumbing figured out at this point, I shouldn't be running a plumbing business. That's just my, my, my approach. And so I needed to learn about business. So I took on every single business book I could take on. I took on every single mentor that I could surround myself with. And it was just a different journey for me. I, it opened my eyes to the true ownership of a business, right? And that you have to really take accountability to the culture you're creating, the responsibility you have to the people that are helping you build this culture and business, there's a lot of accountability that went along with that. And so it's, it's been a long ride for me, but I can tell you that there's a shorter path to your success. If you really want, if you really want to dive into that shorter path to success, I would say that start with yourself with really smart people and dive into mentors because that's the angle you really should be starting at when you decide that, that today's the day that you want to start your business or today you're struggling with your business and you need to get it figured out. You need to quit working on that the widget, as you would say, trying to develop, you need to work on your business. Yeah, hundred percent. I think that there's a lot of knowledge that you just dropped on us. And I think we could dissect it the entire pod. I'll say this and we'll move on. But I think that it's, it, what you're referring to is literally the like opening little piece of the present or the surprise Right. That success really is. And so if you can crawl through the little hole that you're talking about of going, oh, okay, wow, I'm actually I'm not running a plumbing business or a service company or a whatever, an edible arrangements franchise when I first started. No. It, it, I'm crawling through the idea of I'm running a business and I need to know how to operate a business. And from a high level, of course, there's all the functions of a business, marketing, sales, client fulfillment, finance, all those things. But it's so much bigger than that when you can get around people who are making it more than that. So thank you for that. Yeah. I want to know about your story. How did you tell us the gap between military and you, you said you got started as a plumber. What was that? What was that moment there where you're like, I can do this better? Why, why did you start your own business? Yeah. So obviously when, okay, I knew early that, that I wanted to be an entrepreneur, so I didn't like work people. I always liked leading. So that was the, that, that was the inspiration I had in my own head that someday I was going to lead somebody into something. Boyd, 
the aspect of not only helping people, but leading people. So that, I think those are two pretty good um, attributes of somebody that wants to be an entrepreneur. You got to know, you got to want to lead and you got to want to help, right? Yeah. So yeah. if you can't do those two things, you're probably not going to be too successful in anything that you're, that you're trying to venture into. But for me, Specifically, I saw the type of paychecks that con that the guys were making in the trades at the time, coming from a guy that just got out of the military, didn't have a, didn't have a degree or anything like that. Knew I needed something to have for my family in the future, and so I knew that I had a chance to get into a, the plumbing trade. And where I was from, specifically at that time in Oregon, it's difficult because you actually have to go through a plumbing apprenticeship program. You got to get you got to get yourself into the school, and that can be a couple year wait to get in. So you're digging ditches and you're doing everything that you can to just start your journey into that. I worked my way into into the plumbing world. I was with a guy that had been around it for a long time, an old school guy, and learned a ton from him. And I'm so grateful to that man to this day. And I'll give him some props. So that's Ward Brunner from Brunner Plumbing in, in Oregon over there. But he was the, he was the, my inspiration to, to, um, wanting to do it better because he was that, that old school guy that, that I didn't think that had it all figured out. And I, and I thought I could do better, but right. of course I didn't know what I didn't know. And so I just went out and started my own thing. And that, that pushed me into this direction that I've been fighting with for the last 20 plus years. Yeah, that's great. I think we've all come to that realization at some point. I think that story makes a lot of sense for each one of us. We've all maybe thought more highly of ourselves than we should have, but that's okay. It gave us confidence in that moment to take the leap and to take the venture. And so then now we're forced to figure it out. So tell us in that first couple of years, like before you, for sure, before you hit a million, right. I want to know what good decision did you make early on that you can think back to that makes perfect sense on why you are where you are? Let's take it back to next more of a recent thing than it was a past thing. So past, you got to look at where I came from. So like in the eighties and nineties, we didn't have that world of digital marketing or right. you know, I'm in a different dynamic than you younger guys. And to the people that are in the digital world today that can build a business very quickly and scale quickly. We didn't have that opportunity back in that day. You were, you were the yellow pages guy and you had to figure out how to get yourself in the front of the yellow pages. And you had to figure out how to afford a yellow page ad at that time, which was right. very, for me, I'll have to probably take you fast forward to a different era, probably mid 2000s is when I actually started figuring out that I needed to learn a little bit more about business. And when we had a little bit more ability, I had to jump all into the digital world. I know that you got a little bit of experience with the home advisor world. But I can tell you that before them, they were service mad. And that was my first experience with, with a digital company. Yeah. And it's one of the first guys on board with doing that type of stuff and figuring out that uh, I can really grow this thing if I understand how to monetize in the digital space and build a online reputation. So okay. I had to really, you know, start figuring that side of it out. And I went all in on learning SEO website name recognition and all that other stuff. And, but I was totally blindsided to how important a brand was. And of course, thinking that my name meant everything because it's my name on the company and I'm the one that's showing up at the doors. There's no way to scale that. So I, I had to really get it refigured out. And I can tell you that Chaz, that once I decided to go all in on, on rebranding and branding myself, that's when the aha moment came and it it took the knowledge of understanding SEO and having a brand behind it 
that really took me to the next level. And that's when I started enjoying success. Interesting. So what I'm hearing you say, tell me if I'm wrong, because you've given it like three different angles, which I just so appreciate the way that your brain works. You, number one, realize that their business is changing. First off, you said you, I had to learn business. Right, oh, right. The change in itself. Then yeah. as business, as you're learning business and the skill sets inside of a business, one of which is marketing and lead right. generation and sales, those things are the engine to what we call growth or scalability. And you try a lead service, you eventually SEO, that's basically creating your own lead service, your website. And then I heard you say one last thing, the branding piece, where you switched from your name to a more of a branding piece. And right. so you said that's when you started walking in success. Tell us what you mean by that. Okay. Until I understood the value of what a brand was, and my God, why wouldn't any time you go into the grocery store, you don't have to look at Tony Tiger to understand that that's Frosted Flakes, right? You don't have to drive yeah. down the street and see the golden arches and understand you're going to get a hamburger there, right? That's just brainwashed into us at a very young age. But as when you're running a business, you don't put the two to, together because you don't think of yourself as this multi-billion dollar company. You think yeah. I need to get my name out there. Your name is your name. Your business is your brand. And so once I understood that I needed to rebrand myself, that uh, everybody's going to know who the plumbing company that I want to be is built off the brand and not off of my name. And you can't scale yourself if you do it that way. So right. I understood that the brand was the more important way to go. And boy, you have to put your money into that. And you really need to have for you contractors out there that still are driving the white truck with the three letters on the side that have your 14 different services that you provide on that van or that truck. You're doing it wrong. I'm telling you, it's time to rebrand. It's time to put a, a big shiny wrap on that band, keep it simple and make that brand all about the logo that you're trying to, to create so that everybody knows who's providing the service off of that brand. Yeah. You brought up a couple of things here. I want to dive into them just because we've gotten into the tactical and I just, I love going into the tactical. You like this branding piece that you finally figured out eventually, right. would you agree that it's it, none, it doesn't necessarily bring customers day one, right? It's organic. That it's is organic. Sure. It's going to grow over the course of time. But what I'm hearing you say, I'm just pointing this out for the listener because they're paying attention, right. is that you have to do it, but do it alongside of getting your name out. So how I'm taking your language, I'm going to put it in some different words here, but you're brand new or the listeners listening right now, they haven't hit the million dollar mark. What they need to do in order to get to a million, there's several key things, but number one yeah. is you got to market and sell. Like your revenue just isn't at a, <laughs> at a million yet because you probably don't have the systems or lead generation to do so. Whether it's a lead generation services, like you said, service magic or home advisor or SEO, getting your own leads, whatever it is, you have to get the leads. You got to have a sales process to close the leads and you have to grow the business that way. Now, the same time I hear you saying, don't forget that it's not just about this individual person and servicing this one individual lead, but it's about branding. It's about a logo. It's about your trucks being everywhere. It's about this culture, even inside and outside the business that perpetuated by the brand, just like you said, with the arches and just all these other examples that you gave to us. It's almost two oars in a canoe, right? Like if you just had lead generation, you just you do circles because eventually you're running off of other people's ability to get you leads. Like I love lead generators like Home Advisor, but you eventually have to go do your own thing. You eventually have to become that person. Doesn't mean that they're bad or that there's a there's not a there's not a place in the market for them. It's that branding piece that over the course of time you start to get it yourself. 
Yeah. Would you agree with that? I would 100% agree with that. And I'll touch on a few points you made on that. Um, lead generation can be very expensive. So organic leads, knowing because in the space of Google right now, I mean, everything is about Google, right? So it's like everybody trusts Google to tell them who they need to do business with. And Google recommends only the people that they know. Google's in the business of recommending the people that they trust. So you've got to build that brand with your reviews. Your reviews are so important on making sure that you can build not only that brand so that that you can be ranked in the Google space. And so that's when you can get your lead generation costs down because you won't need those lead generations when you're organically ranking high on on uh, Google space. And I can tell you that it really cuts into your bottom line, Chaz, you well know, as being a multi-strategist in your own businesses that you do, that that your business evaluation is based on your EBITDA that your business is performing with. And running at low margins because you have to, you have a high cost of customer acquisition, you're killing your business's evaluation for the person that wants to purchase it from you. That's the next strategy, right? The next strategy is why are we doing this? Why are we killing ourselves every single day in and day out having this type of a business if you can't exit out of it with success? So if you're not setting yourself up for success, you're gonna you're just gonna be a, an owner that you're gonna sell your company for the parts value of it down the road. Yeah, I think I think just to even go to that level of how do we exit? Why do we exit? Is there even anything to exit from? I think is another level of thinking. And so I, if anything, I hope you've just deposited some moments into the listener because you're right. I had a guy come in June inside of our mastermind and speak about building something to exit. He's exited multi nine figure businesses. And it's like, okay, you have to build, of course, systems and teams and stuff inside. But what you're doing is you're building something of value which includes the brand, which includes the logo, all this whole machine that you're handing off to somebody else. That's what they're buying. They're not buying you. They're not buying your name. That's right. They don't want to buy your job, bro. Hey, Chaz Wolf here. As many of you know, I have been on an absolute mission to help entrepreneurs from all across the country in many different industries level up their game and grow their business and intentionally connect with other entrepreneurs. We do that obviously through the podcast, but we also have a peer-to-peer mastermind group specifically for seven to nine-figure business owners. We are bringing some of the best and most successful entrepreneurs and minds together in a regular and super intentional way to not only grow our network, but to be able to leverage. And at a certain point in business, success becomes about leverage, leveraging time, leveraging resources, leveraging key relationships. This is exactly what we're doing inside of the peer-to-peer mastermind group called Gathering the Kings, specifically for seven to nine-figure business owners. So if that's you, if you're ready to level up your seven to nine-figure business even to the next level and get around other big hitters just like you, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com, fill out a short application, and uh, it'll come to an application uh, call with me, and I want to chat with you to see if it might be a good fit. Talk soon. Absolutely not. And if you don't, if you have a mess for somebody to try to buy, you have nothing to sell. And that's the, everybody that operates at a high level knows the importance of systems, operations, people, mentors, all those things are so highly valuable to build a scalable business that that you can actually attract acquisition companies to even think about wanting your company. Right. And I can see that in today's world, and we're changing drastically every single day, The and I'm going to speak specifically to the service contractors out there. I know that you got a lar- large platform, but for those listeners out there that are in the service, specifically service-based industries, 
we're changing big time right now. We got a ma massive labor shortage out there and, and guys that are trained and skilled enough. We're losing more guys in my age category to exiting out of this industry. And the delta between the new ones entering this space because technology has really pushed every kid towards the tech world and not towards the mechanical world. I have a very large labor shortage of the guys. So in this space specifically, we're competing for the best guys out there. And I, I hear it all the time from guys in my industry of how hard it is to hire a good qualified guy. And I keep going back to, you're not attractive. Why would some guy come and work to you? Why would some guy want to work for you? Guys are going to go to a company that has a brand, that has a name, that has a reputation, that can offer some way of advancement. Not only are, do you have to really think about, you know, where you are currently, but you got to think about where we're going. And yeah. where we're going completely different. And I can tell you that you're in a really good time right now if you're just starting out because acquisition companies out there are really interested in scalable service companies because the valuation on those are pretty good, right? And you understand business and you start to really focus on it. You've got yourself a golden ticket to, to a comfortable lifestyle very quickly. Yeah, hundred percent. I agree with you. In fact, it's been the topic of discussion with me and several others of, okay, how, because at, at this point, when I left my corporate job at 24 years old and started my first franchise, I would not have felt comfortable buying, number one, multiple businesses, but businesses that I personally didn't know how to do the ins and outs, right. the, the widget. But now, going making this whole thing full circle, having conversations around buying multiple million dollar businesses, HVAC companies, plumbing companies, whatever it is, for this exact reason, because the reality of it is that Boomers are exiting at right. a mass rate, and there's going to be companies sold on pennies in the dollar because, unfortunately, not a lot of guys thought about the exit. Absolutely. And, and even for guys like you who are still in the game, you want to talk about a roll-up opportunity. You already have the systems. You already got the phone number. You already got the people in the. You just you could be collecting guys around you like handy. Yeah, well, that there, there's truth to that. The other side of that is that there's companies that are gobbling up. There's big acquisition companies out there that are, are gobbling up all the small guys right now and they're turning them in. They're keeping their names. You just don't know that they're being run by a big acquisition company with uh, a lot more money than you got behind your ability to scale. And these guys are not competing for your customers. Okay. These guys are competing for your talent. And when you're telling me that you're having a hard time attracting talent out there, I'm telling you the reason why you have that problem, because a slow death to every single business is your inability to perform because you don't have talent to go send out to perform. So that's your lifeblood of the widget that you're in is the talent that you're sending out there to do in a service industry specifically. Right. You have to send out qualified talent. And if you're not, the guys that, that are the ones that are, are winning in business. And so these guys know that they don't need to compete for your customer. They're competing for your talent and they're going to yeah. get have, they have the ability to do. Yeah. And the customer will follow yeah. and they know that as well. Okay. Let's flip the script here. We've talked a lot about good things that you've done over the years. Just incredible insight. What about something that you did that wasn't your greatest moment? I can tell you that goes back to just knowing your lane and knowing what you're not good at, right? My biggest expense that I ever had was cutting into something that I shouldn't have been cutting into. And that was not understanding the world of hydronic heating at the time <laughs> and making the mistake and flooding a multi-million dollar wine cellar. Just, this just goes back to just knowing your lane and don't try to be the guy that, that, that know that you think, you know, everything 
stick to what you're good at. And, and I know I'm a little all over the place here, but I could, I'm going to, I'm going to parlay this into looking at every single one of the, the services that you're providing as the stock portfolio within your company, right? So if for me, water heaters are my number one stock in my company. So I'm going to heavily into my water heaters into the, into advertising them and to training my techs on them and to performing at a high level in there. So that's my number one stock. My least stock is fixing people's toilets, right? I'm not going to, I'm not going to put a lot of money into teaching my guys in that. And I'm not going to take a lot of jobs aren't in my, in the world of service, you always want to try to help everybody in every single aspect. And just, I can tell you that this is where you're going to make the biggest cost mistakes that you make in businesses, just trying to perform services that either you're not good at or you're not making money at. And so business is business. You got to understand that may upset a customer that, that, that you had to say no to, but say no to a customer is that's been the biggest lesson that I've learned over the years is just saying no. Yeah. What would you say with that moment for you when you realized, obviously it was this wine cellar potential moment where you flooded it and you're like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? For the listener right now, they're doing 200,000, maybe they're doing 800,000. The reality of it is that they probably are doing a lot of things. How do they approach maybe taking inventory of their stock and going, okay, which one should I keep? Which one should I say no to? So that way, when the customer does call, not only have they thought about it ahead of time, they've decided on it. And then that way it gives them confidence to say no, because it's scary in the moment to say no, especially when you turn around business. Yeah. I can tell you that those guys out there that are doing 500 and $800,000 a year. And I know because I recently, it wasn't that long ago. That's who I was. I had to understand that sales is the number one thing to getting to a million, right? So if you can solve for sales, you can solve for scalability. You can solve for getting to the million dollar point in your business. And it's more like guys don't understand how important sales is in, right. in this, right? In the service industry specifically, because they think it's all about their technical skills. And I can't sell to a customer. I'm not a salesman. I'm a guy that fixes things. That mentality is going to keep you at $500,000 and $800,000. I can tell you that if you're not out there marketing, if you're not out there building a brand, and if you're not teaching sales, you will not get past a million dollars. And I can tell you that, and I'm not slamming on guys that are under a million dollars because as Chaz, most businesses out there, and it's less than 10% of small businesses. There's what, 32 million small businesses out there, less than 10% of them make a million dollars a year. So it's not like we're talking about people that are not succeeding out there. We're talking people that want to get there, that want to get to a million dollars, that want to get to $5 million, that want to scale their company. The only way you're going to do it is having smart people around you, mentorship and learning sales. Because if you can't solve for sales, you cannot build a company. And I don't care what company you're in, sales is the number one driver in every single business. Yep. I agree. I agree. Coming from a background of 20 years in sales, that's the that's growth solves everything, as they say. There's obviously a lot of chaos that could be caused with that too, but I'd rather clean up a mess from chaos than to have no mess. Yeah, 100%. Okay. What sort of process or decision-making discipline do you have now, now that you've crossed the mark, you've, you're part of the top 9% of businesses, what do decisions look like for you now? Now it just comes with a calm sense, right? So I used to be that high strung, took everything personal, just had to be in, 
in your face, had to attack everything with full vigor. And now it's more about taking a deep breath. Nothing's personal, not personal. Business is just business. Take a deep breath and help have people around you that can help solve problems with you. You don't have to solve every problem. One, you need to have people helping you solve your problems. Right. Because the people that you have solving your problems with you, the less problems you have to solve. Yeah, love that. Okay, speed round coming at you quick here. First question is, if you take your plumbing business and dwindle it down to one trackable metric, if you can only pick one to track forever and ever for years to come, what would it be? Brand. Okay, how do you track your brand? So through social media, just what type of people are looking for me, what type of, how I'm being found organically online, okay? And brand has a lot to do with how you're being ranked through, through these sites. So I can say my name, personal plumbing is how it would be important, right? But that's also my brand. So those two kind of go hand in hand. And so people are calling me because, not because of Bob Mueller anymore, right? People are calling the company because of the brand. So if you don't have a brand, if you don't have something for people to, to, call, to have a reason to call you, you're, what good are you? Right. Yeah. The brand really is the meat and potatoes, but unfortunately just so many people miss that. Would you say that's why there's so many, especially in the trades world, but yep. it's really applicable to every business. Let's just be honest right. where yep. they come and go, come and go, come and go, come and go. Is it because there's no brand? There's no stickability. Yeah. So most businesses start out as a, either a mom and pop shop and that's the majority, right? And most of them are either second generation, they've taken over from their dad or they've wanted to start their own company. And they know that you got to go out, you got to just put your name on that business because that's what's easy to get. Because again, it, it try getting a name in Southern California that's not already registered on the registry, right? Most guys just start with putting their last name on the business because that's easy. And yeah. so you're not about brand at the time. You're just thinking about how can I go service my next customer? And that goes back to just mindset and knowledge. So in, in the book I'm trying to get written, I put knowledge as the number one attribute that you have to have in starting your business. And if you don't put knowledge first, and I can tell you that I understand that I didn't either. Okay. These are all the mistakes I, that I made. Right. I put knowledge of knowing business in a very low priority for a long time in my life. I just knew that I had to solve how to fix water heaters, how to install this, or how to get a guide from point A to point B. How, I didn't understand the dynamic of building a business or building a brand. And those became the most important things, knowledge. Yeah, I love that. What book would you recommend, Bob, for a six-figure business owner to read? Okay, so... I'm, I'm a huge Ed Milet guy, the power of one more believable guy. Think and grow rich, I must say, is all time staple. But if you don't know money, rich dad, poor dad, that's the business book that everybody has to start with, at least because you have to understand money. If you don't understand money, then you will not, you will not succeed in business as well, because there's a whole lot. We can go on for days, just the dynamic that you need to understand of leverage, right? How important it is to a business. And I'm going to throw this out here for those $500,000 companies as well. The reason why you're 500000 or you're, you're trying to break that threshold of a million is because you haven't borrowed 500000 or a million dollars and put it into your leverage and take that to build you $10 million, right? Because you should be home runs off of all of this money that you're borrowing. It. And if you didn't do it in this last cycle, when we were at the lowest interest rates ever in history, 
at that one and 2% rate, that's free money. And so guys are just so afraid to take leverage and put that into their business and grow their business. I I didn't grow my business until I had a lot of debt. Yeah. Debt grew me huge. Yeah. I love that. There's so many things going around, circling around about that right now, but even inside of Gathering the Kings, a mastermind, we talk about leveraging time, resources, and key relationships. And I think those three things encompass, there's lots of levers that we can pull and some are more valuable than others. Some you still do, even though they're low levers. But I think the reality of it is that in our journey, as we continue to press in, whether that's growing our revenue or growing our notoriety or whatever it is that you're trying to grow in, I think that you're calculating which levers get you there or are a better return. It's this constant influx of, okay, this one was better than that one. So that's good. But then eventually you find an even better one and an even better one. And it all, I think even circles back to how you started this whole conversation of always being open to learning. And he, I I know you didn't mention this, but when your book comes out, it's going to be called humble pie, you said. And so that mentality of the fact that I'm not done yet, I need humility to be able to continue to learn. It's, it's, it can, it's partially selfish because you can recognize that there's got to be a better lever. Like this one's pretty good, but there's got to be a better one. And why wouldn't you want it bigger, better, faster, stronger, easier? This is what we're made to do is just continue to figure things out and, and level up time and time again. So true. That's the key right there. Level up. What we've talked about networking. We've talked about mentors. You've mentioned this several times. My next question in the speed round is always, what do you think about networking and masterminding? Since I know obviously that, that you value this already, what would you tell the listener who maybe he hasn't figured that one out yet? She hasn't understood the value of being around either other entrepreneurs in a mastermind or maybe hiring a coach as a mentor or something like that. What would you say to them? I would say that the number one investment that you can put in your business is your knowledge. And that investing in mentors that know business better than you do is the best investment you can make. I can tell you that I know that you have consulting and you do things like that and plug for you. But I can say that hiring a guy like you to come in and invest price may be. And I'm going to a a show in Vegas. This I'm going to spend $5,000 on a ticket because I guarantee you that $5 that I'm going to spend on that one ticket is going to rub a shoulder with somebody who's going to make me way more than I'm going to spend on that ticket. And so guys are afraid to spend money on, on people that are going to get them to the next level. And I can tell you that it, it, anybody that would hire a guy like you to help them run their business would be making an invaluable investment into in their company. Invest what you, can, what you think you can't afford because it's what's going to get you to the next level. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. It's kind of like marketing. And thank you for the kind words. Uh, I didn't want to prompt that, but thank you. The uh, investing in yourself, investing right. in your mindset, investing in your knowledge, investing in your circle, I see very much so with marketing. And I'll explain. If you put $1 into the marketing machine and it whoop, pops out two, you don't say to yourself, oh, I got a budget of $10. No, you turn around And you scrounge every dollar you can and you ask to borrow money to your point with leverage. And you say, look, I'll give you your dollar back plus 10 cents. Just give me the dollar. And you're collecting all these dollars because you can turn around and you put it into the marketing machine and then boop, out comes $2. If you know that to be true, when you know that to be true, there is no budget. Now, granted, I understand there's planning and budgeting and you got to have some concrete numbers. But the principle here that I'm discussing that you brought to the table is, if it works, why would you stop? In fact, why are you not scrounging everything possible to put it in there? Because you should know that it's 
that, that it's going to return. And in your case, you're going to this conference, you know that you know that it's yep. going to bring a return. And I could tell you that goes right back to mindset and it goes back to the people that you're surrounding yourself with. And I can't, I can't deny that there's people out there in relationships with their wife, with their families that may be struggling and they don't understand business the way that you understand business, right? If your wife or your spouse or whoever you're with isn't a big part of what you're doing and understanding where you're at in your mindset, you will not get there. And it's a huge, huge part of why guys go all in because they got somebody on the other side telling them, if you spend that kind of money, we're done. So for those people out there, I would encourage you to get a mentor because a mentor can also help with that spouse aspect, right? Include that in that conversation, help them understand why it takes that type of leverage, why it takes that mindset in order to grow this thing. If $500,000 a year and you're comfortable, God bless you. But if that's not where you want to be and you want to get to the next level and you're asking yourself, how do I get there? That's where it starts. That's exactly where it starts is having a guy that can mentor you that, that helps you, helps your family understand. Or if you're a single guy that, that isn't unsure of how to spend that money. Yeah. So put people around you that can help you do that. Yeah. Your mindset changes when you have people around you, not only just doing things bigger, but also then yeah. requiring the same of you. Exactly. I got one last question here for you, Bob, and we'll end this up here. You've built, obviously, an amazing machine, an amazing team, and you're doing amazing things. I want to know if you lost it all, what would you do? Man, good question. Honestly, at this stage, when I came to California about 10 years ago, I had that exact predicament. I've gone through my divorce. I had lost it all, and I started over, and I said, if I'm going to lose it all, I would rather be broke on the beaches of California than be in the cold weather of Oregon. And I started it all and, and went all in and went all in on my knowledge and all that other stuff. But I can tell you that I would absolutely build a relationship with somebody that understands my value. Okay. So it, as long as you bring value to other people, as long as you're valuable to other people, your knowledge is your asset, your mindset and your knowledge is your asset, I can easily build this thing tomorrow uh, because of what I know. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it's pretty easy when you have that confidence that we've talked about, when you've exposed yourself to the knowledge, to to other people who are doing it, it's just so hard not to have the belief that even right. if it fell all the way apart, that you couldn't just do it again. Yeah, no, it's pretty, pretty, pretty easy these days when you understand a few things. Yeah, that's right. Bob, how can the listener find you? Maybe they're in your area. They want to they wanna connect with you or maybe they're not in your area and they just, they really resonated with you. They want to reach out. Yeah, so we're all over social media and we look us up through personal plumbing and you can find us on LinkedIn. You can find us on Facebook, now Meta, Instagram, TikTok. We're all over social media sites. Pretty easy to find us on those just by Googling personal plumbing, personal plumbing, personal plumbing San Diego.com specifically. Pretty easy to find where we rank pretty well over here. That's awesome. I appreciate the knowledge that you dropped on us today. Clearly time, decades, money that you've spent on that and you've shared it freely with us. So I just so appreciate that. I hope the listener was paying close attention. We yeah. just appreciate you being here. Wish you nothing but success and blessing, of course, in your business and in your family. Thank you for being here. Chaz, I do appreciate it and happy Labor Day. Thank you for listening to Gathering the Kings today. I hope that you were able to pull out a few nuggets to go apply into your business right away. More importantly, though, I hope that you're realizing that it takes 
more to be successful than just being by yourself, doing it all on your own, carrying the weight all by yourself. What I have realized, not only in my own journey from multiple businesses and multiple different industries, and now interviewing over two or 300 other very successful seven, eight and nine figure business owners is that it's tough to do it alone. And so Gathering the Kings exists to bring together successful entrepreneurs. In fact, we are putting together one thousand kings specifically who are grateful but not done we're intentionally assembling kings who fight tooth and nail for their business family and communities and here's what we believe that in the pursuit of excellence in those areas that it ignites within us the responsibility to govern power and forge a lasting legacy so if that relates and and resonates with you and you know that you need people around you sharp qualified other very successful business owners, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com. I want you to take a look at what we're doing and see if it makes sense for you to be part of our pursuit to 1,000 Kings. Talk soon.